we're gonna we're gonna look at several things, and when we look at uh, Jesus and his inclusion or exclusion of women in ministry. Um, and I want you to, to keep something in mind. We're going to, we're talking directly, addressing the context of, of Paul talking about women teaching or usurping authority over men. Um, I want to bring one thing to your attention, that word usurping authority. This is the only instance in the entire Bible that this word is used. And that word usurp, it speaks of uh, walking in an authority that you have not been given. It is taking authority over men in this instance where authority has not been given so you're speaking on your own authority. And I want to make something clear just so that so that if you're a guest with us you know where we stand. We agree with this passage that a woman should not usurp authority over a man. But guess what? We also are under the belief that a man should not usurp authority over another man. That it's not just limited to women. If, if authority has not been given you you should not be speaking in an authority that's not been given to you over someone else. For me to get up here and not speak in the authority of Jesus Christ, you know, if, if it hasn't been given to me to get up here and do so, we believe that's inappropriate. We believe it's unscriptural. And so we believe the same thing for women or for men. So in the context of teaching, let's, we're going to go through Luke, John, and Matthew. Um, we're going to exclude Mark because, you know, sometimes Mark just gets excluded. I don't know. Um, but... We're going to start in Luke, and we're going to read the account of the resurrection. The communication of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's let's turn to Luke 24. We're going to read verses 22 through 24. And uh, if you want to put your fingers in it after that, we're going to go to John 20. And after that, we're going to go to Matthew 28. So right now we're in Luke 24, verses 22 through 24. I read uh, reading tonight out of the New Living. So let's go ahead and read. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. There's a couple key things that I want to point out here. Number one, we see that women are described here in verse 22 as a definite part of of Jesus' ministerial entourage. It says that these women from our group of followers, and then it later on says, then some men from our group. So we see an inclusion of Jesus in those that followed him and those who were part of his posse and his entourage and his group that followed and ministered. The second thing we see is probably the first thing I should have listed. We see that Jesus commissioned a woman to carry the first proclamation of his resurrection. It's interesting. Last week we touched on a couple of things. Last week we talked about Jesus and how he tore down the double standards with the woman who was caught in adultery. That they brought the woman to him. Not the man and the woman. It's impossible to commit adultery by yourself. And so they brought the woman and that he, he refused to even acknowledge the double standards. He refused to even acknowledge it or address it. That he, he kind of looked at them started writing in the dirt, stood up, said, those of you without sin, go ahead and fling away. Cast the first stone. Then he knelt back down and kept writing some more. And it says, one by one, they dropped their stone, walked away. And he turned to her and said, woman, where are your accusers? She looked, there are none, Lord. 
I love that. I love that because she, she knew that Jesus was not... Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings. That He was not her accuser. You know, everyone had left but Jesus. Where are your accusers? There are none. There are none. That is, that's a beautiful depiction of who Jesus is. And she said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then we saw uh, the example of, of Jesus. Uh, oh, somebody help me out. What was the second example of Jesus that we... T- the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Thank you. See, that was, that was a test to see if you were listening. You know what's also a test? This thing. This is the rectangle of, of doom. This thing is so dang hot. Um, actually, would someone kill this rectangle of doom? This thing is brutal. This is a test right here. And, and there, oh, and that's the mercy of God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Golly gee. I'm convinced. Where's Amy and James? That's why Noah cried during the dedication was the rectangle of doom. That thing, man, when we dedicate babies, we're turning that thing off. Yes, we need LEDs. <laughs> Amen. I believe that's the Lord, Cheryl. <laughs> so the, the Samaritan woman at the well. Once again, we see that Jesus tearing down the, the standards of society. Number one, that, that a Jew would speak to a Samaritan. Number two, that a, a man would speak to a woman. And then he sat there and taught her. He saw within her an evangelistic calling, an evangelistic gifting. He taught her. She responded. She identified in him. I think he might be the Messiah. And what does he do? This is the first person that Jesus responds to and reveals and says, I am the Messiah. Not his disciples, not anyone else, but this woman of ill repute, this woman who... My nemesis. All right. Yeah, yeah. See what happens? Get all excited and things start flinging. All right. This woman of ill repute, this is who he chooses to reveal to. I am the Messiah, the first person. We see that Jesus does not adhere to the norms of society and the norms of of what we look at in our traditional way of thinking. So here we see in Luke 24... Jesus commissioned a woman to carry the first proclamation of his resurrection. There's the use of a key word here, and that word is Lego. It might be pronounced differently, but I look at it because I like Legos, and I like building things. It's spelled the exact same way, L-A-G-O. It might be Lego. I don't know, but, you know, it's Lego. And that word um, is the same word that's used here when uh, when it said, they said his body, that word, they Lego, his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them, who lay go, Jesus is alive. And here's how that word is translated. To say, to speak, to affirm over or maintain. To teach, exhort, advise, command, direct. But I want to point something out. One of the definitions of this word, one of the primary definitions of this word is to teach. To instruct, to exhort. And that's exactly what the angels did to Mary. And that's exactly what Mary then in turn was commanded to do to the disciples. Uh-oh. That can't be right. Right? That a woman would be sent back and teach the men. That can't be right as according to our church tradition. You know what? We'll look at other verses because maybe that was a mistake. We'll, we'll, look, we'll look through a couple more just in case. We're going to see 
And, and you know, I don't, I don't mean to get up here and, and teach in sarcasm or facetiously. But that's the way a lot of us were raised. And so we look to the example of Jesus Christ and say, okay, what does Jesus think about it? Let's look in John chapter 20. Once again, we're going to read another account of the resurrection. So verse 11, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. If I can stop right there. My friends, we need to stop looking in our imagination how we perceive Jesus as it being one of those characters of Jesus. If the people who were closest to him didn't recognize the transformed, resurrected, empowered Jesus Christ, we need to start thinking a little bit bigger about who Jesus is. He, he was holy and completely man, but he is holy and completely God. That's the Jesus we serve. The risen, resurrected, empowered Jesus Christ. She didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave him, she gave them his message. This word go here, but go find my brothers and tell them. In this usage here, in the book of John, this is the word that's used. It's poriao, which is to lead over, to carry over, to transfer. This was the instruction that Jesus gave in saying go. This is the commission he gave. Go. Now in this example, the word told them is a little bit different. This word is apegileo, which is to bring tidings from a person or a thing, to bring word, report, to proclaim, to make known openly, to declare. Why do I take the time to go through what these Greek words were? Because they had meaning. The, The words were chosen carefully. The commands were given with thought and with purpose and with intention. The New King James reads as this. Same passage in John 20:18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. So Jesus spoke these things to her. What things? What did Jesus speak to Mary? That he was alive? That he had conquered death? had risen from the grave and that they needed to go to Galilee because this is where Jesus would meet them. This is where they would find Jesus. Huge, huge instructions and responsibility, right? In fact, it was Jesus' first post-resurrection command. But because... 
of church tradition. We believe a woman can't do the same thing today that Jesus instructed her to do. Then, a woman can't do today what, what, what he instructed then to declare that he was alive, that he has risen from the grave, and that in order to find him, this is where you should go. <laughs> a woman can't do that today even though Jesus commanded that then. That makes no sense whatsoever. No greater commission to preach was ever given by Jesus than this. Go tell them, I am alive. That death has been defeated. That the grave is empty. That you can find me. That I'm accessible. That I haven't ascended. That I'm accessible to you. No, no greater call to minister, to preach was ever given. And, and it wasn't by happenstance that Jesus chose to give it to a woman. When the head of the church himself sends out a woman to preach the resurrection, what sense is there in you and I saying the same thing can't be done today? Matthew 28 says this. Same account. Early on Sunday morning, this is verse 1, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go. This is the same word that we read before. The poraiou, which I'm sure is terribly mispronounced. Go to lead over, carry over, transfer. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened. My friends, real quick note. The fear of the Lord is always a strength. Never a weakness. The fear of the Lord is a strength. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. To give the disciples the angel's message or to bring his disciples' words. Both the words, bring the words, for bring and words, for give and message. They're the exact same word that we saw earlier. Apagello, which means to bring tidings, to bring the words, to proclaim. We see once again the command to bring the word, to, to proclaim, to bring good news. Verse 9. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Now check this out. Go. The instance here where it's the words of Jesus when he says, go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, it's a different word. 
It's a different word than the angel used. This word is aperkomi, which means to go away, depart. To go away in order to follow one. What an interesting word. To go away in order to follow one. Go after him to follow him as a leader. This is the Greek word. To go away in order to follow one. To go after him. To follow him as a leader. My friends, this is the word that Jesus spoke. This was the command that Jesus spoke over these women. That he speaks over you and I today, whether you're a man or you're a woman. To go after him. To go as a leader towards him and others will follow. These women didn't just bring word. They brought direction. They were told to tell the men, to tell the disciples, to tell his brothers, go to Galilee and there you will find me. Here at Impact Rock, you know, we have this mic here. And because we believe God speaks to us and we're to encourage the body. But when it comes to speaking direction, the only people that are allowed to speak direction in the house are elders. You know, to speak direction. If someone came up and gave a mic and said, you know, a word from the mic and said, I believe that, you know, that you, ma'am, with the scarf, you're to go to, insert foreign, Egypt. You're to go to Egypt. I would come up afterwards and I'd be like, God bless him. He's an awesome brother. But... Um, you know, direction. We, we need to seek the Lord on direction. That you know, we don't take that lightly. We believe that's a responsibility of elders, and we see that in the Word. We definitely believe it's a responsibility of leaders. And Jesus gave the command to these women to give direction, not not just proclaim, but go to Galilee. My friends. When we look at what Jesus thinks about can a woman be a leader? Can a woman teach? We don't get a confusing message. We don't. We don't get conflicting thoughts. And I'm actually very excited to to preach Paul because I don't believe we have conflicting thoughts there either. But too many times we're lazy in our Christianity. We're lazy in our faith. We cling to church tradition. See, when I was a boy, I didn't spend any time in the Word. Even as a young man, whatever I heard, I just, that must be true. I heard it. Preacher couldn't be wrong. Well, good golly. Pre- man. Friends, please don't do that. Why do you think we have Scripture and throw them up there? You should be writing it down. Why do you think we, we have podcasts and have our messages online? Man, take it and study the Word. Make sure it's right. Make sure that there's not just some clown up here that likes to talk and is really cool. <laughs> now, here's my encouragement to you guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going to give you something that's not in the Word. I've got lots of opinions, and they, you know, they, they carry a certain amount of weight. Just like your opinion carries a certain amount of weight, but they don't change lives. Your opinion doesn't change lives. You know, my opinion doesn't change lives. The Word God changed lives. The Word of God. So why did we tackle these two weeks worth of 
Scripture. Because we wanted to see what Jesus thinks. My friends, the instruction here was proclaim, teach, go. And he was even so bold as to say, hey, give us some direction. We see that in this passage that it wasn't just someone on the outside, that these women were part of the, the circle of believers and followers. So how was the word received? The men did it. They went to Galilee. They saw Jesus. My friends, when we're pointing people to Jesus and proclaiming a risen Savior, not Jesus on the cross, but Jesus resurrected and alive and full of power, and then we tell them where they can find Him, I don't care if you're man or woman. I don't care if you could, I don't care if you're two or 102. I mean, God will use who He wants to use. We see that Jesus trusted these women to bring direction to His disciples. We see in Acts chapter 10 other walls being torn down, other boundaries being torn down. Acts 10 and 11. There's a passage I want to read. Acts chapter 10, 34 and 35. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, He accepts those who fear Him and do what is right. This is Peter's response after being reprimanded by the other disciples. You know what Peter was reprimanded by? You know what he was reprimanded for doing? Because he brought the word of God to the Gentiles, to the house of Cornelius. He had a vision. You know, food's a reoccurring theme with men. It's not just me. Peter Peter had a dream. And three times we saw this this tablecloth, if you will, lowered with every type of uh, animal and bird imaginable on there. And the instructions, kill, eat it. Peter goes, Lord, I, I won't eat anything that is unclean. And the response of God, let no man call unclean what I have made clean. This happened three times. And then Cornelius, the representatives from the house of Cornelius, Gentiles, uh, heathens. Just go ahead and insert imagery of just whatever you will. People who weren't following our God. But God had appeared to Cornelius said, I've got something for you. Peter went to the house of Cornelius and he and his household were saved, were baptized, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God fell on them. The gifts of the Spirit poured out upon them. They spoke in tongues. Peter was blown away. Oh my gosh, what are the guys back home going to think? And when he went back, they, they fussed at him. The disciples, God bless them. They're like, what are you doing? And that's why Peter had to say this. Hey, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. My friends, when Paul says, now, now, because of the work of Jesus, there's neither slave nor free. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither male nor female. Jesus 
tore down the boundaries of society and tradition. Can a woman teach? Absolutely. Is she limited to just teaching children? Absolutely not. Is she limited to just teaching other women? No. Thank God. The gifts are given so that his church might be strong. I don't know what anointings God has placed in with each one of us, each one of you. But they are to be used to strengthen his church. They are to be used to proclaim Jesus. Jesus.